We already know that Ozempic will kill your appetite, but will it kill your addiction? This week on Health Bite, we are talking about reports that the new class of weight loss drugs, referred by the public as Ozempic, are seemingly curbing people's appetites for alcohol, nicotine, and even shopping. Stay tuned to hear the science in actionable bites served up for your health and well-being. Welcome back to Health Bite, the podcast for small actionable bites towards healthy living. I believe your relationship with food is a window into your relationship with yourself. In this podcast, we will explore how to redefine this relationship so you can not only achieve your weight loss goals, but greater mental, emotional, and physical well-being. In the end, that's what it's all about, isn't it? I'm your host, Dr. Adrian Nadim, and I'm excited to share with you this week's bite. So first of all, let me say that I don't love using the word addiction loosely. Addiction, as a label, I think, is defeating and can take away a sense of agency, a sense that we have the capacity, the means to change our behavior. At the same time, not identifying with an addiction, like for example, not being an alcoholic, can de-incentivize people from making change. For example, I'm not an alcoholic, so why should I question my relationship with alcohol? Taking away an otherwise valuable opportunity to question, question your behaviors, and to make positive changes in your life. We don't need to have an addiction or identify as a a holic of anything before we contemplate change. Basically, labels don't serve us. That being said, I want to be sensitive to this. It is true that there are differences in people's relationships with substances, and I use this word to mean anything that we potentially can use to soothe or distract ourselves. For example, some people can have just one bite of cake, while other people feel compelled to eat the whole slice or eat two slices of cake. It's not a matter of self-control, but of desire. Some people can have one or two chips or cookies or none at all, while others find themselves eating one after another after another until they've eaten the entire bag. And some people have a take-it-or-leave-it attitude regarding alcohol at a cocktail party, while others cannot fathom not drinking at a party or find themselves needing multiple drinks at night to, quote, take the edge off. Of course, there are addictions that are less casual than these, but it's all part of a spectrum. Variations, again, in the need for something external to soothe. So how does this relate to Ozempic, the name that has come to represent an entire class of drugs that have been magic in terms of weight loss. For the first time, really, in the history of medicine, we have drugs that have resulted in really significant weight loss. In some cases, as high as 20 to 25% or one quarter of one's body weight. But now, doctors like myself have noticed a kind of cool side effect 
in that patients are not only reporting reduced hunger for food, but also a reduced desire and craving for other stuff like smoking, drinking, and even shopping. Now, having prescribed these drugs regularly for over a year now, I have many patients that tell me, I used to drink one or two glasses of wine with dinner, and now I can't even get through one. Or I used to easily drink several cocktails when I went out, and now I don't even want one. Long before the TikTok craze over these drugs, scientists showed that GLP receptor agonist, which is the scientific name for this entire class of drugs, reduce consumption of alcohol, nicotine, amphetamines, even cocaine. So how does it work? As I've already described in previous podcasts, GLP-1 is a hormone that we all release in the gut, primarily in the intestines, when we consume food. This hormone then signals to the pancreas a need for insulin, which is why they are used for the treatment of type 2 diabetes. GLP-1 also signals to the brain that food has been received, therefore asks the brain to reduce or dial back those hunger cues. Reduced hunger means less food is consumed, so people lose weight. But it gets more interesting because GLP-1 also hits on the areas of the brain that are responsible for feelings of reward and reward-related behavior, like that desire to seek out more of a substance or a food. These drugs have shown not only to affect hunger centers in the brain, but to affect dopamine pathways in the brain, reducing the release of dopamine, as well as the effect that dopamine has in areas of the brain like the amygdala, for example, which is involved in emotional regulation. It has also been shown to change the way dopamine works in the hippocampus and the hypothalamus of the brain, areas that are responsible for desire for palatable foods, resulting in a decrease in a drive and consumption of highly yummy foods. Changes in dopamine have also been seen in response to alcohol following the administration of these drugs. In animals, and a lot of these initial studies have been done in animals, but when we have animal studies, it then leads to similar responses or behaviors in humans, so they are significant. But animals who had become habituated to alcohol use, basically, quote, addicted, showed a reduced preference for alcohol after the drug was given to them. So these little rats didn't go back after the little water jar that had alcohol in it. They also showed to reduce their overall alcohol consumption as well as binge drinking and binge-like behavior or use of alcohol. And yes, they can create binge drinkers out of rats. But both alcohol-dependent and non-dependent animals showed a reduction in the seeking and consuming of alcohol after the drug was given as compared to the animals who weren't given the GLP-1 agonists. 
More recently, there have been small studies in humans showing similar findings, where those who had been given the GLP-1 agonist significantly reduced their drinking more than those that were uh, treated with psychotherapy like cognitive behavioral therapy. So really interesting stuff. Hi friends, it's Dr. Adrian, and I'm dropping into your podcast to offer a love letter to you. I believe that our hunger represents our unmet emotional and spiritual needs. And by leaning in and listening to our hunger, we have an opportunity to hear our needs and to respond. I know this not only from personal experience, but from listening to the stories of hundreds, if not thousands of patients over the past almost 20 years. I have compiled these stories, including my own, into Hungry for More, Stories and Science to Inspire Weight Loss from the Inside Out. This book is not just about weight loss, but about life and contains lessons that I know to be life-changing. If you don't believe me, head over to my website at dradrianudim.com where you can obtain a free sample or to amazon.com and check out the reviews for yourself. Scientists have also shown similar neurochemical changes that were shown in the brains of animals who were dependent on amphetamines and cocaine meaning that there was a change in these dopamine pathways, these reward pathways in animals who were given the drug. And that resulted in a change in their behavior. They were less likely to seek out the drug like cocaine, even if they were habituated or quote, addicted to it. So it appears that GLP-1 drugs like Ozempic, Wegovy, and Manjaro, not only decrease hunger and therefore food intake, but they decrease desire, craving, feelings of reward for not only palatable or yummy foods, but also for things like smoking, drinking, and even hardcore drugs like amphetamine and cocaine. And what I mean by hardcore is highly, highly addictive. What is super fascinating, though, is that it doesn't even stop there. And there's evidence that it, now that it may control things like overly sexual behaviors. And there are reports that compulsive behaviors like shopping and nail biting have also been reduced or even stopped in users of these drugs. Really interesting and really fascinating and really gives us some opportunities and potential for other uses of these medications. But here comes the disclaimer. It must be reiterated that human studies in these other domains are small, if not negligible. So by and large, a lot of these initial studies have only been done in animals, which BTW are not humans. And the FDA has not looked into the use of these drugs for other, quote, addictions. What also must be said is that as amazing as it sounds, and these drugs really have been game changers, they are still relatively new. In terms of being used as an anti-obesity medication, it's been 
of just about one or two years. In terms of diabetes treatment, they've been around for 10 to 12 years, but it will take time to truly know the long-term impact of these drugs, particularly because these drugs are intended for, quote, lifelong use. So the use of these drugs, like any drugs for that matter, should not be taken lightly. And despite the fact that I prescribe, I do not take prescribing of these drugs lightly. And I always counsel and educate my patients to do the same. But I must say, as a physician interested in prevention, health, well-being, and particularly in awareness of all the ways that we use substances to soothe, I'm pretty darn excited about this data. That's a wrap for this week. Thank you for joining me on this week's Health Bite. If you like what I'm doing here, please share the podcast with someone that you love. And please, please, please head over to wherever you podcast and share a review. I would be most, most appreciative. I hope you have an amazing week and I look forward to seeing you here again next week on Health Bite. Bye now.